This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. What's up, guys? Welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is John. We got a really great topic today that I think Aaron can relate to very well. So, Aaron, what is up, man? Hey, John. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here, mm-hmm. sitting in the studio, ready to record. I am excited about this topic. Of course, I'm excited about Always. every topic. We but both this, are. This one is, you know, on yeah, yeah. my wheelhouse a little bit For more, sure. so I can't wait to give these guys some information. Heck uh, yeah. Anyway, let's, let's let's jump into it, guys. Today, here's what we're going to talk about: the top five exercises for body control inside the ring. That's right, guys. So every single time you step into a gym, whether it's commercial or at home, your goal should be to maximize your minutes. So don't waste time doing things that won't improve your goal. If the goal is to become a badass performer inside the squared circle, here are the top five exercises you should incorporate into your training to create that precious, precious body control that you hear so much about when you're training to become a pro wrestler. Before we get started today, guys, I want you to head on over to Instagram and Facebook. All you got to do is type in at how to become a pro wrestler, find our logo, give us a follow, give us a like. Check us out on there, and we'll keep you updated on all our podcasts and anything else we may have coming for you in the future. So, before we get right into the individual moves, the five moves, I want to talk to you about what, how, how kind of we came up with this list today. So, I'm specifically talking about something called isometrics today. Isometric training is a, is a fancy way to describe exercises that recruit muscles and create tension without actually shortening or lengthening the muscle itself Um, Basically, you're creating tension in the muscle without any visible movement. So some examples of isometrics that you're probably super familiar with are things like like a plank or even like a dumbbell hold. Like if you hold a dumbbell at 90 degrees, like trying to get a bicep pump or something, you may have seen that before. Those are isometrics, guys. You're you're not actually lengthening the muscle and shortening it like you would on, like if you're doing a curl and you're bringing it up to your shoulder, locking your elbow into your side, then bringing it back down to your waist, stretching out that bicep muscle. On this one, you're just squeezing and contracting, creating tension by holding that position. So those are isometrics, and most of the moves that we have today are at least based in isometric training. So creating a really strong inner foundation inside your muscle fibers, actually pressing against each other to create this tension and developing that body control that we want inside the ring. We wanna be able to know what our body's doing at all times. And you can you can really watch pro wrestling and see who has like tapped into that body control. Like you see guys like, um, like Ricochet that can do these incredible gymnastic feats, but when he's doing it, it's almost like he knows exactly the, the, the space around his arms, his legs, his limbs, and, and can feel the movement so much that he knows exactly where he's going, like diving through the ropes. Like, you know exactly where your body is in relation to that small space between the ropes. Things like that, guys, creating that control. Like when you do a roll, like you do your forward roll, you do your back roll, your arm drag roll, whatever it may be inside the pro wrestling ring, your arms and legs aren't just flopping around. You're not going to accidentally get a finger twisted or caught underneath you or an arm twisted or caught underneath you or your legs aren't going to cross when you didn't want them to because you have that ultimate body control. So these isometrics, especially these five moves we're going to go through today, are going to help you create that foundation. So 
Right off the bat, we're gonna go into number one here. I'm gonna talk to you about the Zercher carry. So, okay, I know that I said isometric, but I am starting this list off with a dynamic move, sort of. So, we've talked about loaded carries before. They are an incredible tool for developing strong, rigid core musculature that will protect you from the strikes, from the falls that you take inside the ring, as well as keeping your spine, that pillar, that backside from your shoulders all the way down to your hamstrings, bulletproof. Mm -hmm. So let's specifically talk about a Zercher hold as an isometric before I have you start carrying it. All right, so the traditional Zercher hold requires a barbell or something similar to a barbell. This could also be done with a, uh, with, with, I mean, heck, it could be done with a PVC pipe. Now that's not gonna provide you with the weight that you need, but you could get the movement pattern down just by doing that. But uh, a, a straight barbell, you know, a seven foot Olympic barbell, your standard bench press barbell, whatever you want to call it in the gym works. An easy curl bar works as well that you, you see kind of the curvature bar that you use, you, you might use on like a preacher curl or something like that. Those bars work just as well as well, guys. Even those loaded, you know, um, foam coated barbells that you see inside some gyms, those would work as well. You don't have to start crazy heavy, especially if you've never done this before. So, this hold requires something similar to a barbell. Um, and if you are using a metal barbell of some type, I recommend wrapping it in something soft, like, a, like one of those hip thruster pads that kind of hook onto a barbell. You could even just do what I do, which is slide your elbow or your knee sleeves. Like I'll just take an old pair of knee sleeves and I just slide them up over the crook of my elbow. And uh, that's where I hook the barbell with. So you want to you want to stress yourself internally, right? That's what we're trying to do. We're stressing our muscles, our internal stuff, so you keep your exterior comfort as high as possible. So no external stress. That's why I say I know that some of us are super tough and like ah, just grab the barbell. Yeah, sure, that's great. I've done it before myself. But hey, maximize your exterior comfort, guys. You know, don't don't tear your skin up if you don't have to. But let's talk about what the move actually looks like. Yeah. So hook the bar with the crook of your elbows. Keep those elbows high and tight, squeezing your core, standing tall. That means you're not leaning forward and you're not leaning backwards to support that weight. You're staying perfectly straight, shoulders over hips, with that barbell hooked in the crook of your elbows right around your sternum line, okay? So once you master holding, let's say, 20 to 30% of your body weight, let's just talk about that. We're athletes, right? So we can actually start talking about this. This isn't where I would necessarily tell somebody a brand new person to the gym to start, but this is where I'm going to tell you athletes that are training to be performers inside a wrestling ring to start. So once you master holding, let's say, 20 to 30% of your body weight for, let's say, 30 to 60 seconds, you could possibly take that weight for a stroll. So maintaining that entire form that I just talked about, you can start walking at a controlled pace. And once you can do this with that same weight for, I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds, you can start increasing either the time, you could walk it for 40 seconds, 45, 60 seconds, or you increase the weight and you continue walking for 20, 30 seconds, something like that. There's all different ways you can play with that scheme right there as far as making this move a little more difficult. What do you think about the Zercher hold, Aaron? Yeah, I love the Zercher carry. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the things that uh, I always try to incorporate when we're doing loaded carries. Yeah. You know, you'll hear us guys say a lot, we love loaded carries. Absolutely. And, and this is definitely one. I like this one because here, and we'll talk about maybe some uh, another one on mm -hmm. the list, a carry, but uh, this one really, 
whenever you put that barbell on the crook of your elbows, yeah. it's not taxing, um, right. you know, like your grip or, or or anything else. What you can do is once it's there and those elbows are up, you have to keep good posture. Mm -hmm. So you're standing up taller, your shoulder blades are contracted, you know. Um, and then if you're using that seven foot barbell, yeah. that steady pace really works you know, going side to side and having yep. to stabilize with each and every step. So it's a great movement. Uh, I love that one. Also, one of the things I like to do after you uh, get with the barbell, because mm -hmm. maybe some guys, you know, you just uh, tired of loading it really heavy. Sure. You can start doing this a little bit differently. Um, if you have like a sandbag, mm -hmm. even a weighted vest, a vest you can put that yeah. on. What you can do though, is you can take your elbows closer to 90 mm -hmm. and you can throw that bag out like middle of the forearms right. or even closer on to the forearm. wrist. Yeah and hold it there. It's gonna work the bicep a little bit more, sure. so that'll tax. But with that weight going forward and getting out of the center of your body, yeah, yeah. it challenges you a little bit more to stay taller and keep those shoulder blades back and down. Absolutely. So I like also like what you're talking about. So like if you, if you have that and you have that sandbag out there on your forearms or the weight vest or whatever it may be, I mean, this is easy to spot if you're messing up, right? Oh, if it yeah. slides off of your arms, you either are not holding that 90 or you're leaning over forward, which I guess mm -hmm. wouldn't create the, the angle either, but like yeah. you're either leaning forward. Right. If it's sliding towards you, you're leaning back too much. So it's a good tell if you've either got too much weight or your core's not strong enough quite yet, you don't have the form down, the technique down, you know, like, uh, am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Well, if it's sliding off of your arms, probably doing too much right now, guys. You need to taper back and control this a little bit better. Yeah, because these these can get difficult if you're using the barbell mm -hmm. and say you don't have bumper plates mm -hmm. because you're not gonna wanna drop of those course. weights. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. have to get it back to the rack or yep. you have to set up some uh, jerk blocks or something to set it on right. to be able to do it. So those sandbags or even the weighted vest is a, a great alternative if, if that's what you got. Um, another thing to do after you've made the progressions that you mentioned, you know, you're able to hold it, just yep. stable and you feel good, and mm -hmm. then you're able to move with it walking forward, you can start changing the pattern that you're walking in. So you could do forward five yards, backwards five yards. Right. You could also step with the right leg three times mm -hmm. and then the left leg three times. You can just mix that up and it'll change the movement dramatically Absolutely. based on just stepping differently. I love that. No, I love that. Even even a side step, like you take one side step, then you take two steps forward, yeah. one side step, two steps backwards, you make a little U shape there, or whatever you want to call it. I love that. That's once you master this, guys, you have to start with just the hold. Just so yes. start with just the hold. In a squat rack or, or whatever you have at home, you're, you're, you master standing there with that weight before you start taking it for a walk. And then after you get really good at taking it for a walk, you start to add in things like Aaron just said. You may even have slight inclines. You take it up your driveway yep. even or something. Um, or, or yeah, you, you step just three steps forward with just your left foot, three steps with just your right foot, one side step, things like that to mix it up and to make it a little bit different. You could even put a plate, you know, you could put a weight plate on the floor and have a little half inch and a half step there. You know what I mean? Don't go crazy. Don't, don't yeah, just freaking a band try to, or any, it's yeah, small hand. don't try to walk up a flight of stairs or anything just yeah. yet, but like, you know, nice and small increments. Also, you made a really good point there that I want to emphasize a little bit more, which is, um, we talk a lot about loaded carries and we have in the past, and I'm sure I've spent some time talking about farmer carries cause I'm super passionate about them. This, you know, if you're doing a heavy farmer's carry one day a week, and I think you should be doing a heavy carry more than once a week. Here is a way that you can get a loaded carry in, even if your grip is trashed from yep. the farmer's carry. So if you did farmer's carries on Monday, odds are come Wednesday, you're probably not ready to do another heavy farmer's carry. So you do something like the Zercher, 
because now you're not gripping anything. You don't have to grip dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, whatever with your hands. So if your grip is an issue, if you did, if you did farmer carry on Monday, pull-ups on Tuesday, your grip is trashed on Wednesday. It's not ready to grab onto something heavy and do another loaded carry, even a suitcase carry or something or a deadlift even. So the Zercher is a great way to add weight, add load to your body without taxing your grip and your forearms. Yeah, and just to follow up on mm -hmm. that point, uh, another good way is if you have a deadlift coming up and you don't want to tax the grip yeah. for you know, when you're you going to hit the deadlift, yeah. then you can do this and then your grip's not worn out. Now your traps may be a little bit, but your, sure, your sure. upper back, but your grip's going to be Your grip there. is there, which, yeah. is, which is crucial. It's first, first place of failure, yeah. so absolutely. And I don't know if we mentioned this, and we may hit this mm -hmm. point a lot, but the big thing when you're wrestling is you know wrestling mm -hmm. grabbing someone holding together you're always yeah. in an isometric like hold with Squeeze, something yeah. and Grapple. then usually your lower half is mm -hmm. moving you know if right. you're if you're in the standing position so that just so you all can see yeah, yeah. exactly how that translates right? right you're holding a grip you got a guy tight right? right getting ready to do a move but you're you know he's trying to move or get out so you're having to stabilize sure. and your feet are moving uh to get you in a better position so whatever uh, you know if, if any active pro wrestlers or active training pro wrestlers are listening to this podcast, I'll get even more specific. Just think about a, a standing headlock, okay? So, like, you've got your headlock where the guy is pulled into your rib cage. You've got your arm around his head. You've got your left arm around his head. Your right arm's under his chin. You've got a, uh, some kind of mixed grip going on beside his head. And you're holding on to him. You're squeezing. And your feet are moving. You're walking. You're walking. You're about to – he's either going to – you know, shoot you off the ropes and you're going to go into a, a sequence or something, a, a tackle and a drop down, whatever. That is an incredible visual for this Zercher carry. So imagine the barbell is, is essentially the opponent's head yeah. and you've got this pulled in tight to your chest and now you're doing the Zercher carry. You're actually walking with it. It's exactly what Aaron just said, just a little more specific. There's more examples than that, guys, but just that's the best one that comes to mind is where you have someone in a headlock and you're moving your feet and walking with them to the ropes. That's a great way to, to, to make the uh, Zercher carry essential for pro wrestlers. So this specific carry creates a crazy strong core and pillar that will keep you strong while rolling, flipping, bumping, and striking inside the ring. All right, that was one, guys. I'm going to move on to the next one. So to, now I want to talk about the pro wrestler's bridge. You know what I'm talking about, right? The old bridge. I'm going to break these down because i got a couple different variants I want to talk about. But that, that bridge, if, you, um, I mean, if you're like me, the most famous image that comes to mind when I think about a uh, pro wrestling bridge is actually Eddie Guerrero's father doing a bridge with Eddie and a couple of his brothers standing on his chest and stomach while he's wow. in the bridge. I love that picture. Um, it's a great old school wrestling image. So that's a great one that always comes to my mind. But uh, talking about the pro wrestling bridge, strengthening your neck to handle bumps and head strikes is as crucial as strengthening your core to withstand bumps and body strikes. Okay. You need a strong neck that protects you from that whiplash effect. So the front bridge is the place to start. So let's talk about the front bridge and how you can get into that position, how you can visualize. I will share a video to the group. So if you're in our Facebook group, I will share a video that starts with the front bridge and ends with the back neck bridge. I will, I will show you all that, okay? Because I want you to be able to visualize this, but I'm gonna break it down right now, but I want you to be able to see it as well. So imagine being in a bear crawl position where you're on like your hands and your, your toes, basically your knees are off the ground, but you're on your hands and toes on the ground in a crawl position. From here, 
I want you to put the top of your head on the ground between your hands. Then you just press your hips up to the sky, straightening your legs, locking your knees out, pushing your hips up to the sky. You know, your butt's up, your hands and head and toes are the only things touching the ground at this point. So visualize a small campfire underneath your waist, okay guys? So you're creating a triangle, a pyramid, whatever you wanna be, you know, with your head and hands and your toes as the base, and then your hips are shot up to the sky as the point, the top of that pyramid. Imagine a small fire underneath there and you're trying to get your hips away from that fire. So press your hips as far away from that fire as possible. Once you're able to maintain this position that I'm talking about for 20, 30 seconds, I even recommend starting with 10 to 15 seconds. Get that down, then go to 20, then go to 30. Once you've really mastered holding this position for 30 seconds, take your hands off the mat, guys. So now you're just supporting yourself with your head and your toes. This is the front bridge, all right? So you're face down technically. Your, your chest is facing the mat still at this point in this front bridge. So once you master that variation, that first variation, the front bridge, you can begin working on what we would consider a more traditional pro wrestling bridge, a back neck bridge. So from your back, let's say you're laying on your back, all right? I want you to bring your heels towards your butt Feet are flat on the ground. You're still laying on your back. From there, I want you to press hard through your feet. What that's going to do is shoot your hips up to the sky, and you're going to start to roll up onto your upper shoulders. Pressing your hips off the ground, I want you to drive up further until your head and your feet are the only things touching the planet Earth, guys. They're the only things left on the ground is your head and your feet but I want you to keep your hands beside your head, okay? So go ahead and put your hands on the ground as well by your ears. Use that for extra support. It'll keep you from tipping over in either direction. It'll also just give your neck a little bit of extra support, okay? So your hands are beside your head, your feet and your head and your hands the only thing touching the ground. Now we go back to what we just talked about the front bridge. When you can hold this position for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20, 30 seconds, then you can take your hands off the ground to where you're just supporting yourself, your body weight, with your head and your feet. This entire time, guys, the entire time you're in this bridge, you're driving through your feet, you're squeezing your glutes, you're contracting your core like you would on a plank or a zercher hold or anything else that we've talked about in the past. Your core is engaged, your glutes are squeezed tight the entire time. You're driving those hips up to the sky hardcore, okay? so. Do not take your hands off that mat until you've mastered holding that position for 10, 15, 20, even 30 seconds. Then you can go to where you're just holding yourself up with your head and your feet. This is the ultimate body weight isometric move to strengthen the neck inside the ring. Every time you hit the mat, every time in any pro wrestling mat, match or training, you are putting stress and, you're, and on your spine and your neck, you're putting those things at risk, guys, of whiplash, whiplash and concussions. We, talk, we've, we hear so much nowadays about concussions and CTE inside the pro wrestling. It's cutting careers short. You know, we've made so much progress in the world of pro wrestling and keeping people safe, but there's still more room for growth. And having a strong neck is one of the best ways to keep yourself from getting concussions and whiplash and all those other things that can cut careers short, guys. We want long, healthy careers. So keep that neck and spine bulletproof by progressing the bridge to perfection. All right. Let's move on from the bridge to the next point, which is the dead hang. That's right, guys. So... 
There's not much better and simplistic way to improve your grip strength than the dead hang. All right, this one's very simple, not easy at all, but it is very simple. So grab yourself a pull-up bar with a pronated grip, overhand, palms facing out away from your face, okay? Grab that thing, keep your hands a little bit wider than your shoulders. Be sure to wrap your thumbs around the bar as well, okay? I want you to go ahead and wrap your thumbs. So your thumbs are coming underneath the bar. Your other, your other fingers are, of course, over the bar. You've actually completely wrapped that bar with your hands. Now, here's where it gets simple, guys. All you gotta do is pick your feet up and hang from that bar, all right? I mean, I know it sounds simple at first. There's a few more things that I want you to take into account as you do this, but essentially now, you're doing a dead hang, okay? So this is about more than grip strength. A full grip position creates a stronger, externally rotated shoulder position and activation of your back muscles, all right? So this is, again, about posture and all those other great variables that come into play when you're doing your zurchers, when you're doing your, your squats, when you're doing your bench press, anything. Being able to tap into these back muscles, okay, and keep that, that, those shoulders externally rotated, keeping that really strong, straight position, so crucial, especially for us that are living in a world where we're staring down at our phones or computers or keyboards all day long. So, you know, this grip also is way more common inside the ring. For the most part, you're going to have that kind of pronated style grip inside a pro wrestling ring, and it's a great, another way to just kind of make you think about it inside the ring. This is how your hands are gonna be most of the time. So here's how I want you to hang from the bar. So now all you gotta do is hang for as long as possible. I mean, there you go, right? After you drop, I want you to rest for a solid two minutes or so and then go again. Do that for three or four sets. And I say two minutes because I, I want you to really give your grip, your fingers a bit of rest, okay? So let those suckers rest for a couple minutes before you try that again. You could do two sets, three sets, four sets when you're first just starting out just hanging from a pull-up bar for as long as possible. So here's an actual example of a workout that I would program for someone if I'm trying to get them to kind of master the dead hang and get the benefits of the dead hang. So I might just say accumulate six minutes of hang time. So every time you drop, I want you to run 400 meters. I know that that's crazy, right? It doesn't have to be 400, by the way. I'm just giving you an example. It could be 100. It could be 200. You know, 400 is a bit tough unless you're a consistent runner. But, um, you know, you can look at that run as a punishment. Sure. But this goes back to what I was telling you to rest for two minutes, right? So this is also going to keep you honest because you got to take that run. And while you're running, I know that you're not gripping onto anything. Now you're letting your grip relax. So I want you to fight for those few extra seconds on the bar because you don't want to run. Now you're adding conditioning into your workout. So cool. Now you got your conditioning. You're not just doing something, you know, a lot of times I'll find guys that are like, ah, I just don't have time for the conditioning or ah, I just don't have time for that dead hang thing. Okay. Well, here you go. They're combined into one workout now. Now that maximizes your minutes in the gym or in your garage or wherever you're at. This gives, you know, this also gives your hands more time to recover, like I said. Um, and, you know, if you don't want to run a lot and you, you're like, man, I have to get six minutes hanging from this bar, but I don't want to run, you're going to hang on for a few extra seconds. Right. I promise you. You know, you get two, three, four extra seconds out of this thing, you're going to be happy. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend trying this particular type of training at the very end of a workout or this could even be its own day, right? You know, you could add a few other things to it, whatnot, but like, I don't want you to do this and then go try to do deadlifts, yeah. right? You, you, don't, you don't do a, a maximum, you know, not only conditioning, but a grip taxing workout and then go try to do your heavy deadlifts or your heavy uh, pull-ups or, or bent over row or whatever it could be that's gonna tax your forearms and grip as well. 
So it's gonna be next to impossible to hang on to any kind of weights after you perform this particular workout, even if it's, it's only a 10 minute workout or whatever it might be. So I highly recommend doing this as kind of a finisher or just as its own particular workout on a, on a certain day of the week. Yeah, this works great as a finisher. It works great as an individual workout. I really like mixing where you dead hang yeah. and then you get just a little bit of conditioning. Mm -hmm. Or maybe uh, if you're not, if you have conditioning scheduled later, sure. you do this and then you do a stretch for something that's yeah, tied yeah, or, yeah, you do, yeah. or you do some, some kind of other kind of rehab work in there with it. So uh, I would love to, yeah, I would love again to program like this with, Every time you drop off the bar, you do a you do a, a, a you know a hamstring stretch or a Cossack squat or yeah, something like right. that. Something where you're getting you're not you're not gripping anything and you're getting some probably much needed yeah. like mobility work in. Yeah, well. the, like yeah. like that that kind of workout put together there for the dead hang is something mm -hmm. I would do on the weekend when I got like ten minutes yeah. and I'm just I was like well, I just want to do some movement I want to work Absolutely. something and you know kind of a re little recovery it's, workout almost. It's an active recovery, man. It really is. Like yeah. I, I could consider this an active recovery. I wouldn't do it with like the four hundred to run is active recovery yeah, yeah, but yeah. i would do it with the with the stretching or some kind of mobility work programmed yeah. in that is absolutely active recovery you're getting your grip because you know you're also you're getting grip training which is what you really want but you're also pushing blood through your forearms and hands and fingers and stuff so like you're getting some recovery in there as well guys yeah and there's a couple things um after mm -hmm. you've mastered this once you can yeah. dead hang and when you're saying dead hang i just want to mm -hmm. clarify like you're just you're just hanging you're, right you're not uh, you're letting the arms just go yeah, you're yeah, using yeah. just your grip strength and then you're, that that's basically you're taxing your your grip strength yes so after, after you've mastered that and mm -hmm. you can hang for say you know that two minutes or something sure, sure. what you can work on is uh adding a little movement again to this okay. um, one of the first things that i would progress this to would be just uh, what i would call just scapular pull-ups yeah, 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 so yeah, you're going to yeah, dead yeah. hang and then you're just going to pinch your shoulder blades together right and it's just the shoulder blades moving so uh, right or your scapula, but you're just your shoulder blades pinching. So you're just pinching up and then yep. relax and do a few reps and then just continue to dead hang. So that's one way to really be able to work it in there. The other thing is you can start moving a little bit. I've done yeah. these uh, when I was doing a lot of rock climbing yeah, and yeah. I would dead hang with just three fingers or four, right. you know, like a little bit, cause it was mostly, it was for rock climbing. Sure. But a way a wrestler could do this would just be shifting your weight from one side to the other. Right. So once you're really good at dead hanging, you could do that scapular hold yep. for a second. You could kind of go to the right side and then you could go back down, pinch, go to the left side. And then after that, you could start moving your legs just a little mm -hmm. bit. Rocking back and forth, yeah, anything, yeah, 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 just yeah. Even if it's just, I'm just gonna lift a leg out a little bit, right? But the deal is, is you, this isn't like those swinging straight leg raises no, that no, you see yeah, in the yeah. gym. Like this is controlled. Yes, um, man. And one of the greatest thing I started adding, I started doing this when we did a lot of CrossFit athletes. Mm -hmm. But we would do the dead hang to get the grip because if right. there was a program with a lot of pull ups, they yeah, needed yeah, yeah. to be able to grip it, even though they were kipping. Um, but what we would do is we would work into front levers. So we would okay. start with the scapular pull-ups, yeah. and then we would start working into front levers. Right. And what a front lever is, guys, is basically where you're almost like pushing, the, your arms are straight and you're mm -hmm. pushing the bar away, right. and you're keeping your legs straight and you're lifting, trying to lift until you're parallel to the ground. Right, your but, entire body. Yes, yeah, your yeah. entire mm -hmm. body parallel with the ground, and it is ridiculously hard, Crazy hard yeah. most people can go up just a few inches yeah. and then that's it and there's other progressions in there but talk about when you're talking about ricochet and being able to yeah, control yeah, yeah. the core control the legs yep. control where everything oh, is yeah. Oh, yeah. i mean that's so this dead hang progresses to some amazing other exercises you can right. do to really get gain control yeah. of your body position a lot of big guys that i've worked with in the gym and whatnot as well like 
are, they don't think they are, but they are actually strong enough to do a pull-up. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never done one, but they can do a, you know, if they're a, if they're a 250-pound guy and they're like, oh, I'm too heavy to ever do a pull-up, but they can do a penley row with a barbell of 300 pounds. Yeah, and I'm right. like, okay, so you're, you're rowing with your back muscles a barbell that weighs more than you, mm-hmm. but you're telling me you can't do a pull-up. A lot of times it just comes down to it's super uncomfortable for them to either grip support their body weight hanging mm-hmm. like that with a pronated grip. Maybe their shoulders don't get into the right position or whatnot. Yeah. And if we can get them just hanging and get their grip strength to where they're way more comfortable with their own body weight, all of a sudden, like a pull-up is, is not as difficult for them. They're, all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? I can do this. Like, yeah. I, I only weigh 250, and I can row 300. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, and, and yeah. just on the point on big guys, big guys in wrestling now have to be athletic, too. Right. I mean, you, you still may have those big thunderous, mm-hmm. like, just kind of beat you down and yeah, stomp yeah. through the ring. But, man, those big guys are doing some amazing things. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to keep up, if you're a big guy, you better be able to have this body control to be able to do those things. Absolutely. It's crucial, guys. It's crucial. So. All right, so... I want you to head on over to YouTube, subscribe, and click that bell, guys. Find us on there, How to Become a Pro Wrestler. We got some cool videos on there that I want you to subscribe to, and all you got to do is head on over to YouTube and find us. All right, moving on to the next thing. On the list today, we have got the RKC Plank. So I love these, especially when it comes to plank and talking about plank. I'll hear guys all the time that tell me, they can hold a five-minute plank or whatever, but they can't hold a 20-second RKC plank. So let's talk about exactly what I'm talking about here. So planks in general are the simplest, most effective way to train anti-flexion of the spine and build a powerful posterior chain. So core strength developed here will help you generate and absorb strikes, bumps, all that stuff I was talking about earlier inside the ring when you're getting hit in the stomach when you're falling over in the ring, even when you're running the ropes, guys. So I don't know about y'all. If you've ever done it before, I think you will probably agree with me. But if you run and, and slam yourself into those ropes back and forth and back and forth, hit the ropes 20 times, it's almost like taking 20 punches to the ribs. Like, it's pretty bad. And when you first start doing it, you develop a lot of bruises around the ribs and stuff from this. So we're talking about developing that core strength where you can absorb this kind of stuff and not get so taxed by it. So now, why and what is an RKC plank. So RKC stands for the Russian Kettlebell Challenge, but no, there is no kettlebell needed for this plank. So that's just the name that has stuck over the years. There's various names of various exercises out there, and this is the one that's well, that's stuck. So we're gonna talk about it and call it the RKC plank, that's what I know it as. So this plank is on the elbows and toes, right? So you've seen a plank probably in a push-up position. You've probably seen a plank on the forearms and elbows as well. So we're on the forearms and your feet with this one. So Create a strong, straight line from your ankles all the way to the back of your neck. I don't want you, like, dropping your face into the floor or anything. I want a straight line from your hair all the way down to your shoes, okay, guys? A nice, straight line. So, press your shoulder blades up and keep those hips from sagging. So, no saggy hips to the floor, no saggy divot between your shoulder blades either. You're pushing that spine up. You're pushing those hips up. So now here comes the fun part. Here's what makes the RKC plank different from any other plank. I want you to visualize bending and pinching the floor between your toes and your elbows. Nothing is moving, not you and not the, you're probably shaking, but not you and not the floor, nothing is moving. 
but you will be, like I said, shaking like a leaf. From a distance, nothing's moving, but I want you trying to fold the floor underneath your body. So here's how you can tell if you're doing it right. You're not gonna be able to hold this for more than 20 seconds. It's going to be so freaking intense that you cannot hold this. So trust me, I am a guy that can hold a three plus minute plank. I can do that, but I can't do a 30 second RKC plank. I, I could maybe push myself to it, but um, it is incredibly different, okay? The difference is effort and the intent and intensity that you put into it, which is how a lot of movements in the gym in general go. But this one particularly, like I said, hold a three minute plank, try and hold a 30 second RKC plank. So if I'm doing this type of training or if I'm coaching this type of training, I'm probably gonna do anywhere from three to five sets of a maximum effort. And I'm gonna give them anywhere from 30, 45 to 60 seconds between their attempts. Um, I may even perform a reverse Tabata, which doesn't get done enough, I don't think, but I love that. So especially for something like RKC plank, that would be, so if you don't know what a Tabata is, I'm a big fan of them. It's eight rounds of 20 seconds of work with 10 seconds of rest. So you might do 20 seconds of jumping jacks, then you rest 10 seconds, 20 seconds of jumping jacks, rest 10 seconds. You do that until the clock hits four minutes, which is eight rounds. I will do a reverse Tabata for the RKC plank, meaning I will have you hold and squeeze this plank as hard as possible for just 10 seconds. And then I'll have you rest for 20 and repeat that until you hit four minutes you are going to feel destroyed after that workout, guys. And you're not even going to, like, from a distance, like I said, the other people on the other side of the gym are going to look at you from over there, and they're not even going to be able to tell you're doing anything. But internally, your freaking core and your shoulders, your hips are, are being squeezed and taxed so hard with this isometric movement, you're going to be so well-conditioned for planks in the future. And, again, developing that intense body control. I know that I've, I've seen some of Aaron's programming with students and stuff before as well, and you have programmed some RKC planks into your stuff, and uh, I absolutely love them. Yeah, I love the RKC plank. It's usually going to get thrown in somewhere mm -hmm. uh, on any program that I write. Mm -hmm. One, it, teach you, it teaches you body control, like right. we're, we're talking today. Absolutely. It teaches you how to I mean, when you're doing this, I mean, you're, I, I'll, I'll tell them to white knuckle it, which yeah, means they're yeah, just yeah, going to yeah. squeeze their fists together, yes. right? So they're squeezing their white knuckling, and then they're pulling their elbows mm -hmm. back, like you mentioned, and grabbing yeah, yeah. the floor. I mean, once you grab the floor with your feet yeah. and you try to bend, like your quads contract. Right. And I've had people that'll do this plank, and mm -hmm. we'll do maybe maybe just three sets. Sure. And the next day they come in and say we yeah. did that with an upper, yeah. and they're like, my quads are sore. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, that was that, yeah that was that isometric hold yep. you just hit. There, but I mean, you can feel the abs working, and mm -hmm. this, this also—I mean, it's a full body thing. It yeah. is from literally from your yeah. hands to the tips of your toes, yes. uh, keeping that tension. And the reason I love it is because it helps you. It helps guys or gals mm -hmm. learn how to build tension for those other big lifts that they're right, going right, to do. Right. So if they're going to do a squat, if you're going to do a deadlift, if you're going to do yep. uh, you know, a bench press, it teaches you how to control the tension so you can mm -hmm. stabilize with the movement. So I love the RKC plank. Um, mix it in all the time. Heck yeah. it, it's one you need to do. Man, really, I quit doing mostly traditional planks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll have guys start with what we call a push-up position plank, mm -hmm. which is in the push-up position, and I'll still have them get learn how to tense, like to be able to yeah, build yeah. tension. And then the only then we'll do the RKC plank, and then after that we'll start doing planks, but we'll start adding movement to it with like an arm out or sure, a leg out sure. and stuff yeah, like that. But they have to master yeah. the tension, of course, of the RKC plank. Yeah, this one, man, and this one you can do this anywhere, absolutely at home. This this is a great you one. You can do it right now, like absolutely, guys. It's it's 
It's full body tension. That's what I'm usually screaming at people while they're in it. Full body tension. You white knuckle it just like Aaron said, but everything is on fire and everything is squeezed. A lot of times in my own programming um, with someone, like if I'm really trying to teach them the fundamentals of say a, a kettlebell swing. So this yeah. is the Russian kettlebell challenge. So yeah. like if I'm trying to get someone to that has a decent kettlebell swing to really tap into use your hips, you know, squeeze your glutes, drive through your hips, keep your core tight the whole time. I'll have them do sets of the RKC plank, get that sensation. Cause it's, if you're doing it right, there's, it, you absolutely will feel your abs and everything on fire. And then after they've done three sets of that, I'll be like, okay, grab your kettlebell. Now I want you to swing that kettlebell and I want your abs and your glutes and your quads to feel exactly like they just felt in that RKC plank. And a lot of times I can get a little connection there where they're like, that's how my abs should feel when I'm swinging a kettlebell. They're like, yes, I want you with a strong, rigid core driving that kettlebell into your swing. So yeah, yeah. and actually, John, I didn't think about it until mm -hmm. you just said it, but that is why that is where yeah. the RKC plank comes from. Yeah, it is to teach them to be able to hold that top position right. of the kettlebell swing so the bell doesn't just keep floating it's up, just flopping up and flipping over. Yeah, or whatever. but to build yeah, tension yeah. to pull it back down. You yeah. can do just about anything in the gym, guys. Like you can. You can sit there and tell me that you can swing a kettlebell a hundred times and you know make fun of me for not being able to do it 25, but it's all about intensity and intention. Yeah. Why are my 25 reps getting me way better results than your 100 reps? And it's probably because I am tapping into that really powerful core pillar tension. I'm able to bring that out. I'm getting way more intensity out of it than you are because all you're technically doing is using momentum and swinging that kettlebell around, you know? So what we've, we've, you know, I know I've, I've gotten off on the kettlebell swinging, but just going back to this tension, man, create that full body tension so you can carry it over to your split squats, to your bench press, to your anything else you might be doing guys. So that's this, the RKC plank is one of the absolute best ways to get somebody to realize full body tension this is what it's supposed to feel like yes all right moving on i have got one more move on this list i think we've briefly talked about it before and we're going to talk about it right now so this one from every pro wrestler that i have worked with so i want to i want to really really emphasize this right off the bat every pro wrestler that i have worked with and even one mma guy that i've worked with has told me that the medicine ball bear hug is the number one thing that makes him feel like I'm in the ring. Okay. So really think about that, that feeling. If, if you are an active training or performing pro wrestler and you've ever gotten what we would call blown up, which is where you get exhausted in the ring, you run out of oxygen, you're, you're having trouble keeping, you know, pace or whatever, because you've gotten physically exhausted inside the ring. We call that being blown up. If you've gotten that feeling, what I have experienced with training with guys is that this med ball bear hug creates that feeling in training. And that's what I'm trying to emphasize with you guys. When I say you can train for the ring inside the gym or inside your living room or inside your garage or in your backyard or or, you know, wherever you're training inside your CrossFit box or your, you know, wherever you are. So from my experience, med ball bear hugs and bear hug carries as well, because you can take this one on the road as well, are the closest thing that I've done inside the gym that feels like I'm inside the ring. I've heard that I've experienced it myself. 
I've experienced it with a guy that I that I helped train for. And I didn't train him to fight MMA. I trained him to be conditioning to perform in MMA. I'm not a, I'm not a fighter by any stretch of the imagination. But now that I've trained plenty of pro wrestlers, I've also heard from them like, whoa, like that felt exactly like I felt a few weeks back when I like got in the ring and got incredibly blown up. So here's how you do it, guys. Let's talk about what the actual movement is. Uh, and it has some similarities to the Zercher, but a little bit different. Where in this one, you're actually going to be, you're pretty much restricting your own airflow by pulling this weight into your own body. So you're going to take a heavy medicine ball. And, you know, I'm talking something that, you know, you, you would start with something that's maybe, I don't know, roughly 25% of your body weight. Or I, I'm sorry, I don't mean start. That is a great idea mm-hmm. of where you could work up to is a quarter of your body weight, right? So if you're 200 pounds, you know, you're talking about 50 pounds. And you take that and you pull that into your sternum. So right in the center of your chest, below the pec line, and you squeeze so whatever kind of grip you want to do, whether you're grabbing your own hand, you're interlocking your fingers, whatever it might be, you're going to pull that ball into your body as hard as you can. You are squeezing it like it's a long lost relative or whatever. You're, you are squeezing the heck out of this ball. You are genuinely bear hugging it, applying pressure through your forearms into your own body. So scooping that ball underneath with your arms is not good enough. That's not what I'm talking about. That would be more like a a zercher carry with a medicine ball. You know, you would just scoop your hands underneath it and walk with it. No, I want you actually wrapping your arms around it and squeezing it with your forearms. You have, this is the, it's, it's just like the difference between a plank and an RKC plank, right? You have to be, I can grab a medicine ball and walk around with it, or I could squeeze that sucker and create some maximum tension. So pull that med ball in tight and squeeze it for as long as possible. Release that ball when your effort slacks. If you're just standing there and it's just supported by your upper body, the, the movement's over, drop it. You know, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, that's a long time, guys. That's plenty of time. Rest for equal time. So if I if I can hug a a medicine ball that's 50 pounds for a solid 60 seconds, I'm going to drop it and I'm going to rest for 60 seconds and I'm going to repeat that. I might do four, I might do six sets, who knows. And again, this to me is a good finisher. Like this is something to do at the very end of your workout um, or even on an active recovery day. You could probably program this in pretty well with like active recovery. So take it to the next level by actually walking with that med ball, just like we talked about the Zercher. Pull that sucker in tight and take off walking. So don't try this unless you're strong enough to keep the ball under pressure, okay? So as soon as you start walking, if you lose all that tension through your forearms and you can breathe beautifully because you don't have any more pressure on your ribs, you've lost the movement. You've lost the effectiveness of it. So this move effectively replicates what it feels like to be inside the ring, moving under another person's body around, moving with another person's body basically attached to you, like if you're hugging a you know, a waist lock. That's one of the, the main things that comes to mind when I talk about being inside the ring, a headlock as well. But that waist lock where you've really got basically half of their body pressed into half of your body and you're pulling in and your movement inside the ring creates the same effect that this bear hug movement would create as well. So again, guys, you got to master that hold before I want you to carry it though. And you're, I'm talking about you're standing there holding it with your shoulders stacked over your hips. Yeah. You're not leaning over forward. You're not leaning over backwards, putting all that pressure on your lower back. You're actually completely stacked. Look at yourself in a mirror. Record yourself if you have to to make sure that's true. And once you master that, that's when you can start taking off with it. 
Yeah, the first thing you'll start doing when this gets hard is you usually start leaning back, or if mm -hmm. it slides, it'll get down on the belly or yep. the hips. Yep. And then all of a sudden, you're you know you're not using you know the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the squeeze to hold it into the sternum Absolutely. like you're talking about. So, yeah, another great one. I think every wrestler should mm -hmm. be doing these. Hundred you know, some kind of loaded carry, you know, probably twice a week, if not maybe Absolutely. Three, at least twice. Absolutely. But yeah, another great one. And again, I just want to give some progression uh, to some of the things you could think about doing. So you can, you can hold it statically, start, learn mm -hmm. the fundamentals, and you can start walking with it. Again, you can change that walking pattern that I mentioned before. You could walk uh, forward and then backward. You could also walk just with one side and then the other side. Um, but with this one in particular, you could also work a little bit different grip mm -hmm. because that's going to make a difference on how well you can hold oh, that, yeah. that uh, oh, yeah. medicine ball or whatever you're squeezing there. So you could interlock your fingers, uh, you know, kind of where you uh, turn one over and one right, under. Right. And, kinda, and, yeah, yeah, kind of mixed grip or whatever Yeah, mixed grip them. Yeah, yeah. You could also just interlock the fingers together mm -hmm. as one. Right. Um, you could do a class grip. That's how I know it anyway. It's where the hand goes gotcha. over right by the thumb. Yeah, yeah. kind of cupping your palms yeah, almost. Cup, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, mixing it up that way will change it sure. dramatically too on how well you can hold that medicine ball. You also could just sometimes those medicine balls you can get way far around right. with it. So maybe um, here you even just want to take just make fists and put pull it right. in there without actually yeah without your hands. actually it's going to be intense. It. But that's another good. That yeah. is a great way to progress with even if you just have one fifty pound med ball and you get to where you can grip it well and control it well and you want to progress this movement without just walking further or mm -hmm. whatever then yeah, try gripping that sucker without interlocking your fingers. You know, make two fists and just pull it in tight. Um, that's gonna be intense, guys, where you actually, you've, you've almost got some, uh, I mean, more or less, you've got some unilateral arm work going on there a little bit, because they're not able to work together by gripping your hands and whatnot. So that's just another way, like, like Aaron said, to progress this movement. Yeah, you know, I, I'm giving all these progressions. The goal here is, you know, if you're in a garage gym yeah. or if you're at a little gym, or if you're at a state of the art and has everything, Jim, we want you to be able to do these movements Absolutely. and be able to benefit from it. So, Absolutely. Anyway, but man, th these are all great exercises. Mm -hmm. You should be mixing these in um, consistently in the workouts, and you'll see a huge difference in your body control. For sure. I guarantee your in-ring performance will go up, and all your lifts will go up too once you master uh, these movements. Progress is across the board, guys. This will translate to anything else you do in that gym. So we've said it before. We will continue to say it. You can train for the ring in the gym. These are our top five isometric variations to work on that most people can practice, just like Aaron just said, in the comfort of their own home with minimal equipment. So guys, please subscribe and click that bell on YouTube. Follow us there. Head on over to Facebook. Join our private Facebook group where I'm going to post some videos later after this podcast drops about those neck bridges and maybe some other things as well. So head on over there, find us on Facebook. All you gotta do is type in at how to become a pro wrestler. Join that group, answer the questions. We'll get you involved, guys. But thank you so much for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.